episode of this chew the bible what's today it's almost the 13th no sorry it is the 13th it's almost the 14th wednesday the 14th but it's still tuesday the 13th so 11 47 at night i keep seeing that number 47 like particularly like 147 Sometimes I wonder if God is trying to tell me something. Because 147 is the score that I got on my LSAT. The, the test you take to get into law school. I scored that same score twice. And sometimes I think about giving it another shot. But we'll see. We'll see. I just gotta make sure I got the mental health stuff in check before I do anything like that that's stressful. <sighs> Plus, I don't know if I want any more student loan debt. But as they say, third time's a charm. I took the test twice, even though it was like, what, 10 years ago? Yeah, it's, it's 2021, I took the LSAT in 2000. It was 2009 going into, yeah, I graduated 2009 and I was supposed to go to law school in 2010. But anyway, we shall see. All these years later, I keep flirting with it. It's, it's kind of like me and law school are like this girlfriend that had been dating for a very long time. And I just have never fully, I like we had a good thing going on for a minute and then she broke my heart. <laughs> Yeah, but we still talk. We still good friends, and we, you know, we have our conversations like every year. And now it's like, hmm. Now that I'm like fully single, single, I need to get some things in place first, like for real, with my kids and everything. Get my own place, then I'll explore that kind of stuff. Like, you know, baby steps, one thing at a time. All right, Amar. Anyway, let us. I want to go ahead and read part, not all of Psalm 20. You know what? What the heck? Because yeah, even though Numbers 3 is kind of long, we're just going to pray through Psalm 20 one more time. We did it on last episode. We're going to do it on this episode. Here we go. 
Once again, this is the Psalm of David about the deliverance in battle. May the Lord answer us in the day of our troubles. May the name of Jacob's God protect us. I'm inserting like the plural us, the royal we, so everybody can be included in this prayer. May he send us help from the sanctuary and sustain us from Zion. May he remember all of our offerings and accept our burnt offering. Selah. May he give us what our hearts desire. May he fulfill our entire purpose from start to finish. I'm just putting some of my own words in here. Let us shout for joy at your victory and lift the banner in the name of our God. We thank you, Lord, that you are Jehovah Nisi, our banner. May you, Lord, fulfill all of our requests. Now we know, Lord, that we know that you, Lord, give victory to your anointed. You will answer us from your holy heaven with mighty victories from your right, righteous hand. Your strong right hand. Yes, thank you, Lord. Some take pride in corvettes or chariots. Some take others take pride in uh, Mustangs or horses. <laughs> Must he but we take pride in the name of the Lord our God. They collapse and fall, but we rise and stand firm. Lord, give victory to the king. Thank you, Lord, that you already have victory, Jesus. May you answer us on the day that we call. We thank you, Lord. We call on you today, Lord. You already know all the desires of our heart. You say you know what we have need of before we even ask for it. You said how much you said of us as earthly fathers i'm an earthly father lord of four beautiful children lord me as an earthly pagan fa i'm not pagan i ain't no pagan uh but me as the earthly father as a like uh, a fleshly father I'm, I'm i'm earth i'm an earthly father basically i'm infallible i mean i'm fallible there you go prone to folly prone to make mistakes i'm a human me as an earthly father wherever that scripture is yeah throw that in there if you as earth where is that if you as earthly fathers know how to give your children gifts good gifts how much more will your father in heaven give you good gifts where is that if you as earthly fathers should pop up and sit up with that darn it my wi-fi is not on hold on sorry y'all i busted this out in the middle of prayer if you as earthly fathers so yeah matthew 7 11 there you go if you then, though you are evil, yeah, it actually causes evil, yeah, sinful people, yeah, prone to sin. Not a pagan, though. That's a whole nother level of sin. <laughs> I'm a child of God, but I'm still prone to sin. So, on the New Living Translation, says, from Matthew 7 11, it says, So, if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Heavenly Father give good gifts to those who ask Him? Yes, Father. Yes, Father. So thank you, Lord, for this, these great words. Pray that that would somebody would get that and it would seep in their heart, take root. And they would keep calling out to you. Just like a child, Lord, that really wants something for their birthday or for their Christmas. They just keep begging, like keep nagging, keep nagging, keep pressing, keep nagging. Until bam, they get it. Or be like Hannah, who was crying out so loud and to the point where yeah people thought she was drunk and then you gave her the baby she was crying out for so i pray that we not give up we would keep asking seeking knocking for those desires in our heart and pray that we would not ask with selfish motives but 
knowing that everything that touches our hand, we'd be willing to give it back to you because we want it. It's all for everything we ask for us to benefit, to grow your kingdom. In Jesus' mighty name, I pray. Amen. I was just reading that today. It was uh, the scripture talks about. I was reading about the lust of the eyes, the pride of life. But it was talking about, was it James? I s Colossians? One of these scriptures is talking about like you ask. Um, yeah, James 4.4. 4. Well, James 4.3 says, and even when you ask, you don't get it because your motives are wrong, are all wrong. You want only what will give you pleasure. So that's important to also know when we ask God for things, a lot of times the answer is always going to be no, because he knows it's not going to be good for us and that our motives for what we're asking for aren't good. So that's something we should check in our hearts before we just ask for stuff willy nilly. Sometimes he'll give it to you um, and just let you realize like, oh, yeah. All I really need is you, Lord. I don't need that. Some of us have been crying out for wives and they be like, oh, you want a wife? Here you go. And they be like, Lord, why'd you give me this wife? Be like, hey, I told you. You didn't know what you were asking for. You didn't know what you were signing up for, homie, young lady. So some people, for real, I'm, I honestly think some people never really aren't supposed to be married. Like, like it, we just some of us are just too selfish, too self-centered, too whatever you fill in the blank and do not belong in a relationship. So, yeah, the longer I'm in this single life, the longer the more I'm like, hmm, I might just be able to pull this off. My godfather has been single his entire life, as far as I know. I don't think he ever married or dated. I know he might have dated some people, but I don't think he's ever been married. Son, he's pushing eighty somewhere around my grandma's age anyway good old godfather time i need to reach out to him see how he's doing all right numbers three aaron's sons and the levites i call this aaron and sons because one of my favorite shows is sanford and sons so yeah i've actually thought about creating a business called aaron and sons uh because i my name is aaron and i got two sons but then my daughters might complain, be like, what about us? I gotta figure it out. Aaron and kids. I don't know, it just have, doesn't have the, quite the same ring to it. Maybe I do two separate businesses. One, Aaron and sons, and then Aaron and daughters. <laughs> Shoot, they'll probably wanna call it daughters and Aaron. Anyway, all right, Aaron's sons and the Levites. These are the family records of Aaron and Moses at the time the Lord spoke with Moses on Mount Sinai. These are the names of Aaron's sons. Nadab, the firstborn. Sad. And Abihu, Eleazar. Remember, Nadab and Abihu, the ones that got killed because they did unauthorized, got struck them dead because they did unauthorized, um, an unauthorized fire burning unauthorized offering anyway Eleazar and Ithamar these are the names of Aaron's sons the anointed priests who are ordained to serve as priests so you have four sons total 
Yep. And uh, but verse four, we get reminded here what happened to them. But Nadab and Abihu died in the Lord's presence when they presented unauthorized fire before the Lord in the wilderness of Sinai, and they had no sons. This is what I said. That's what I said, bunny bread. Um, I quoted that joke the other day to somebody, and they had no clue what I was talking about. I was like, what? planet or do you live on where you've never heard the bunny bread commercial and then i realized i'm 34 and i'm part of a whole generation of people that actually watch tv with commercials and you didn't have a choice so you had to watch all these like random jingles and commercials so you know a lot of jingles but this new generation has the privilege and benefit of just skipping over commercials so there's not this like universal jingle commercial conversation that i can have so it's one of the parts of just being a uh, older millennial elder millennial it's gonna make it kind of difficult when uh i do end up seriously dating again if i end up going for somebody a lot younger than me because i'm gonna have to explain everything to her oh well she'll think i'm neat and old at the same time all right, so uh, maybe let's see here. We talked about Nadab. See, I get on these tangents, boy. All right, but Nadab and Abihu died in the Lord's presence when they presented unauthorized fire before the Lord in the wilderness of Sinai, and they had no sons. So Eleazar and Ithamar served as priests under the direction of Aaron, their father. The Lord spoke to Moses, bring the tribe of Levi near and present them to the priest Aaron to assist him. They are to perform duties for him and the entire community before the tent of meeting by attending to the service of the tabernacle. They are to take care of all the furnishings of the tent of meeting and perform duties for the Israelites by attending to the service of the tabernacle. Assign the Levites to Aaron and his sons. They have been assigned exclusively to him from the Israelites. Verse 10, you are to appoint Aaron and his sons to carry out the priestly responsibilities, but any unauthorized person who comes near the sanctuary is to be put to death. And it, it just blows my mind that back then you came near the sanctuary, unauthorized, unannounced. Yeah, it wasn't authorized by God. You got struck down, struck dead. Now it says we can enter his gates enter his courts enter his gates with thanksgiving god we can do that even though we don't see it in the physical realm every time we worship the lord or we go enter into prayer with other people or just in our prayer closets or on our knees by our bedsides we're entering into his presence and he lives on the inside of us we're actually called the temples of the holy ghost so it's mind-blowing to me that it's like a 180 of how things were back then and how they are now but god I think it had to be that way because one guy wanted to show the seriousness of how, yeah, how you're to take him seriously um, because it's in the heart of man to just not take God seriously and obey him or listen to him or reverence him. And then two, one of my other thoughts behind all this is some people are like, why was God so seem to be so cutthroat and so like, yeah, cutthroat in the Old Testament, but he's like more grace in the New Testament and god hasn't changed you the same yesterday today and forever 
but it was part of his divine plan from start to finish um, to show this redemption and to make us, I was going to say, the second reason why I think it's that way is because he wanted us to appreciate it that much more. And for especially for us that live in the age of grace, um, we know how bad it, or how serious things were back then. And so we shouldn't take this new covenant of Jesus because we live under grace. We shouldn't take it lightly. It's almost like, what is a good example? It's almost like if I knew, it doesn't even compare, but it's just the best analogy that pops in my head. If I knew my dad won like six, was Michael Jordan, and he won like six NBA championships, and he had six of those rings, and then he had also like his gold medals from the Dream Team and playing in the Olympics, right? And he had all those items in a room I wouldn't just like, you know, it's time like saying my dad passed away and I went to go clean it up. I wouldn't just like chuck that stuff out because I know it's like valuable and significant. Like each one of those items is alone is worth over a million dollars. Just, yeah, if they were to be auctioned. And plus with on top of that, like I knew how much work went into my dad, all the blood, sweat and tears, practices, games, close games, all that game winners all that to achieve make to achieve those once again now take that analogy i was given multiply times a billion that's how you realize all this stuff that god went through and jesus went through to endure to the cross and the plan that god had basically how much went into it and how much esteem we should hold it value value the main word is value how much value is in jesus and god's plans of plan of redemption right from start to finish and in light of that, that should make us take it seriously. All right, verse 11. The Lord spoke to Moses, See, I have taken the Levites from the Israelites in place of every firstborn Israelite from the womb. The Levites belong to me because every firstborn belongs to me. At the time I struck down every firstborn in the land of Egypt, I consecrated every firstborn in Israel to myself, both man and animal. They are mine. I am the Lord. I've been seeing that word consecrate a lot. I have a pretty good idea of what it means, but I want to actually read the definition for anybody that, because I was thinking today as I was like listening to, I like to listen to my podcast a lot while I'm driving. And um, actually, it's not so much because I prefer the sound of my own voice. I like, it really helps me memorize this stuff and like get it down into my soul more so than even listening to the random guys that read on the Bible app. That's why I really encourage you all out there to start your own podcast and or do recording on the uh, reading the Bible because it will help you memorize it that much more and really get in seat down into your soul and into your subconscious. Um, consecrate means to make or declare something typically a church sacred. Something typically a church sacred, dedicated dedicate formally to a religious or divine purpose to make or declare sacred or dedicate and dedicate dedicate formally to a religious or divine purpose in christian belief it means to make bread or wine into the body or blood of christ uh, or to ordain to sacrifice ordain someone to sacred office typically that of bishop basically once again set apart for something special that's really what i get from that word consecrate and so 
Jesus or God, um, God back then with the children of Israel, uh, when he went through and he struck all the firstborns of the Egyptians, but he saved all the firstborn males of the Israelites and then had them um, consecrate themselves and do the circumcision. Anyway, he, he was setting them apart, making them special. Um, sanctifying it. It's interesting because we are that consecrate word is going to come up a lot as we read. And it's a part of being sanctified by the Lord uh, after you've been saved, after the process, after salvation. It's the next step after salvation is sanctification. And sanctification is an ongoing, lifelong process until we check up out of here in that dash. From the day you're born to the dash to the day you die, the dash is the process of sanctification until we achieve glorification. Uh, or to realize um, anyway I could go on and on about that uh, man we got a lot of verses go. let's keep going All right. Levitical census verse 14 the Lord spoke to Moses in the wilderness of Sinai register the Levites by their ancestral families and their clans you are to register every male one month old or more register so Moses registered them in obedience to the Lord as he had been commanded you see that word lot obedience Moses is good about obeying the Lord um, these were Levi's sons by name Gershon Kohath and Merari these are these were the names of Gershon's sons by their clans Libni and Shimei 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 I think that I'll just say Shimei Kohath's sons by their clans were Amram Ishar Hebron and Uziel Merari's sons by their clans were Mali and Mushi. These were the Levite clans by their ancestral families. Verse 21, the Libanite clan and the Shemite, Shemite clan came from Gershon. These were the Gershonite clans. Those registered counting every male one month old or more numbered 7,500. The Gershonite clans camped behind the tabernacle on the west side and the leader of the Gershonite families was Eliasaph, son of Lael. The Gershonites' duties at the tent of meeting involved the tabernacle, the tent, its covering, the screen for the entrance to the tent of meeting, the hanging of the courtyard, the screen for the entrance to the courtyard that surrounds the tabernacle, and the altar, and the tent ropes, all the work relating to these. It's funny because when I think about, when I think about uh, these Levites and being priests, I was thinking of them having kind of like a cushy job. I don't imagine them like actually doing real work. But apparently, it was, there was a lot of work that went into being a, uh, being in the temple, being a, a priest. So, all right, the and these different jobs these people had to do. Um, the Amorite clan, the Israelite clan, the Hebronite clan, and the Uzielite clan from the Kohath. These were the Kohathites, counting. Every male, one month old or more, there were 8,600. So on the other one was 7,500. 7, hmm. responsible, for, responsible for the duties of the sanctuary, the clans of the Kohites. Like, do they ever just like run out of work to do and just sit around, twiddling their thumbs? What do they do when they had downtime? They play cards? I don't think they did. They probably prayed. Do they ever have like fun? Like, I wonder what they, yeah, laugh, tell jokes. 
just just imagining. Verse 29, the clans of the Kohathites camped on the south side of the tabernacle, and the leader of the families of the Kohathite clans was, yeah, pay attention, there's something to look up later, the south side. Why are they on the south side? One clan was on the west side, one on the south side. And the leader of the families of the Kohathite clans was Elias, Elizaphan, son of Uziel. Their duties involved the ark, the table, the lampstand, the altars, the sanctuary utensils that were used with these in the screen. And all the work relating to them, the chief of the Levite leaders was Eleazar, son of Aaron the priest. He had oversight of those responsible for the duties of the sanctuary. Verse 33, the Mah... Ma well, these names, God, you got to help me. All right, the Malite clan and the Mushite clan came from the Merari. These were the Merite clans. Those registered counting every male one month old or more, number 6,200. The leader of the families of the Merite clan was Zeriel, son of Ab Abihel. They camped on the north side of the tabernacle. The assigned duties of Merari's descendants involved the tabernacles, supports, crossbars, pillars, bases, all this equipment, and all the work related to these. It sounds like there's a lot of work. In addition to the post of the surrounding courtyard with their bases, tent pegs, and ropes. And that makes sense because they all they would set up camp, stay for a while, and then they would keep, and then they would move. They would travel. Then they stop, set up camp, break everything. They had to break everything down, probably set everything up. That's how I'm imagining all this. Verse 38 Moses, Aaron, and his sons, who performed the duties of the sanctuary as a service on behalf of the Israelites, camped in front of the tabernacle on the east. Hmm. Moses, Aaron, and his sons, they were on the east side. East side? In front of the tent meeting toward the sunrise, any unauthorized person who came near it was to be put to death. So remember, Judah was on the east side. He would have been on the east side with the Moses and Aaron and his sons. So this is a special place. So interesting enough, tribe of Judah, Moses, Aaron, Levitical priest, once again, connect dots. Jesus is our high priest. He's also our king. Um, yeah, and back then, yeah, you had to separate it. You didn't have a king and the priest together. And, and I mean, be the same person. But Jesus was that before it was always separated. And I'm sure the tribe of Judah, if they try to walk up in there, into that Levite camp of Mo yeah, the Moses and Aaron and his sons, they would have been struck dead, been put to death. Hmm. But Jesus was the only one that could enter the holies of holies and the veil was torn when he died on the cross. We'll get to that. We'll get to that later. All right. Verse 39. The total number of all the Levite males one month or old one month old or more that Moses and Aaron registered by their clans at the Lord's command was 22,000. So the total number of Levite, Levites in the whole clan, all these priests that were males, one month old or older, were 22,000. Not a whole lot. It was a lot, but not a whole lot. Redemption of the firstborn. The Lord mo told Moses, register every firstborn male of the Israelites, one month old, or more and list their names you are to take the Levites from me I am the Lord 
in place of every firstborn among the Israelites and the Levites' cattle in place of every firstborn among the Israelites' cattle. So Moses registered every firstborn among the Israelites as the Lord commanded him. The total number of the firstborn males, one month old or more, listed by name, was 22,273. The Lord, verse 44, the Lord spoke to Moses again, take the Levites in place of every firstborn among the Israelites and the Levites, cattle in place of their cattle. The Levites belong to me, I am the Lord, as the redemption price for the 273 firstborn Israelites who outnumber the, the Levites. Collect five shekels for each person. Once again, that's half a year's wage. That's um, the assumption from the research I did. According to the standard sanctuary shekel, 20 geras to the shekel. Give, I don't know what that means. Give the silver to Aaron and his sons as the redemption price for those who are in excess among the Israelites. The redemption price. Why was that significant? I'm just going to put a question mark. So when I come back to this and read this again some other time, like... Hmm. I'll be prompted to look that up. Verse 49. So Moses collected the redemption amount from those in excess of the ones redeemed by the Levites. He collected the silver from the firstborn Israelites, 1,365 shekels. Good. Yeah, that's a lot of money. <laughs> that's a lot of money. 1,365 shekels. Um... What do you say? 1,365 shekels. What do you say? 30,000 was like the average. 10 shekels is like 30,000. So. Oh, man, that's too much math. <laughs> so 10 shekels would be 30K. So we'll divide this by 10. Yep, we'll do that by 10. Take 136.5 times 30,000. And we get, I probably, I just did some rough math. A lot of money. We'll say 4 point, 4 point, uh, what is it? 4,995,000. Almost 4.1 million. Yeah. We'll just say that round up 4.1 million dollars brought in in today's money. That's roughly that's a lot of money. So, next time y'all complain about giving to y'all church, be like, hey, they were giving up a lot. And yeah, he gave the redemption silver to Aaron and his sons in obedience to the Lord, just as the Lord commanded Moses. I see that phrase a lot once again. This is the Lord commanded Moses. Moses obeyed. Moses is very good about obeying the Lord. All right, so let's read these notes and then close it out. Uh, while Moses, both Moses and Aaron were descendants of Levi, only Aaron and his descendants were chosen by God to serve as priest. The rest of the Levites were commanded to assist and to care for the tabernacle. Nadab and Abihu, Aaron's eldest sons, who were also priests had died in the lord's presence when they presented unauthorized fire that left eleazar and ithamar to do the job the levites the levites duties explained here in general terms are given in more detail in chapter four so chapter four will see more about what they actually did for work and if they got to play cards at all i'm gonna assume that's not in there no 
don't run me no spades. Who knows? I could be wrong. God could have claimed every firstborn male in Israel to be set aside for his service at the tabernacle. Instead, he chose the Levites to serve in place of every firstborn Israelite. Israelite. Hmm. So they got to take their place. All right. Duties and positions related to worship were divvied up to Levi's sons who are listed by name. The Gershonite clans were responsible for the tabernacle itself. The Kohathites' duties involved caring for the furnishings of the tabernacle, including the ark and the lampstand. The, Mer the Merorite clan, the Merorite clans, were to dismantle, carry, and set up the tabernacle's wooden framework and all connecting items that supported it. They were the heavy haulers, so these are like these dudes probably have muscles, some muscles. It probably went in that order too. Like least amount of muscles with the Gershonite clans. I probably would have been in the Gershonite clan. I had these little these little chicken wings, you know. I was made yeah, I wasn't really made to haul stuff. And then the Kohathite clans, they were like the interior interior designers. And uh they had furnished the tabernacle. Who says men don't have style? Uh <laughs> can't have style. Uh yeah, and the uh, Mirai, I gotta get that right. The Merite clan, Merite clans, they were yeah the heavy haulers. They were like, what is it? The college hunks, movers. You ever seen that that, that sign? The business for movers called College Hunks. I think is the name of them. They were the heavy haulers. And then lastly, uh, a pre precise count was made to ensure there were enough Levites to redeem every firstborn male in the camp. The Levite count was 22,000, but the firstborn count among the Israelites was 22,273. A collection of five shekels of silver was taken up for each of the 273 males as their redemption price. It was given to Aaron and his sons. So once again, that's half a year's wages or about 50, 15 grand in today's money. The five shekels. Wow. Is that right? 10 shekels of one year's wages. So half year's wages, five shekels would be, yeah. And then 30,000, half of that, 15,000 in today's money. So that's a lot of money. All right, anyway, dear Heavenly Father, thank you for this word. Thank you that you're always speaking to us, surrounding us with your angels. Pray, Lord, that you would continue to grow us, transform our minds, so we led by your spirit all throughout the rest of this week. And uh, we would be like Moses, Lord, obeying all of your commands. Help us even know your commands, Lord, the things that you want us to do and walk in them. And then for those that don't know you, I just pray, God, that they would just cry out to you, Lord, and ask you into their heart and realize how much you love them and care for them. You desire to have a relationship with them. You've been pursuing them since before they were in their mother's womb. Thank you, Lord, that you pursue us, Lord, that you seek us, Lord. You you loved us before we loved you, so we thank you for that. And um, yeah, thank you for all the people, all the sheep, the lost sheep that don't come back into your fold or ones that are not in your fold yet, uh, they will come in. And uh, we just looking forward to that day when you return. In Jesus' mighty name I pray, amen. All right, y'all. Clothes in my washer are almost done. I get to throw them in a the jar.
try to load up. Let's see here, I got two more episodes to load. Plus these two, so four episodes to load to the podcast. I don't know if I'm going to get through them all because I feel that sleepy vibe hitting, coming in. So we shall see. Anyway, till next time. What a friend we have in Jesus. All our sins and griefs to bear. What a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear. All because we do not care. Everything to God in prayer And have we trials and temptations Is there trouble anywhere But we should never be discouraged Take it to the Lord in prayer So faithful, who will all our sorrows share? Well, Jesus knows our every weakness. Say it to the Lord in prayer. Jesus knows our every weakness. Say. To the Lord in prayer.